Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to episode 125 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. Happy New Year to all you lovely listeners. We start off today, as usual, with me complaining. This time it's about my back pain, which went a bit crazy just before Christmas. All good now, though. Aside from that, it's a corker of an episode, as today we're talking to Laura Barnhouse, nutritionist, PT and friend of the pod. We're after a bit of a health rejig in January, even if we are all perfect already, which we are. So we hauled Laura in to help us do exactly that and to talk about this January diet culture and body image generally. We talk about the whole concept of women and weight loss, the feeling of taking up too much space in the world and feeling like we have to address that. We talk about how times have changed in terms of the pandemic and what that's done to our sense of self and our looks and our weight. Again, we talk about school experiences having such a negative effect, both on our perception of exercise and also how we perceive food and our bodies. The really useful bit here is that we ask Laura's advice on how to have a healthy relationship with food and eating, which leads her on to talk about our motivations for getting healthier and where those motivations come from and how important it is to figure that bit out first if you're striving for a healthier life and attitude. Really clever stuff that will help all of us this January, no matter what our goals are. You only have until the 6th of January, that's Friday, to win a pair of Brooks Ghost 14 GTX worth £140 by entering our podcast-only competition. These are the waterproof winter version of their brilliant Ghost shoes with special Gore-Tex technology. You lovely lot can win a pair by going to womensrunning.co.uk forward slash podcast competition and answering a super simple question. Good luck. 
Do join us on Patreon because we've got a couple of new benefits when you subscribe, and that's from just £2 a month. There are weekly newsletters, bonus episodes, and you can listen ad-free too. Just go to patreon.co.uk forward slash women's running to find out more. How are you? You guys all right? I'm all right. I can, if I can put a complaint in early doors, my, my back went on Tuesday. So I'm kind of sitting in a bit mm. of a strange, at least I'm sitting though, because we did a podcast on, well, it was actually on Tuesday, wasn't it, Hol? And I had to yeah, do it standing up. I had to do it standing. It, does, oh, it feel, no. does it feel better? It's, it's um, a lot from better. Then. Yeah, it's okay, a lot better. So I'm not having the kind of that spiky because it's a disc thing. So it's not, I'm not having that kind of like through your teeth nerve pain anymore but it's very stiff very stiff so it's, it's not happy with me at all so um oh gosh I haven't lifted the kettlebell since tuesday morning you'll be pleased to hear so. is it the yeah, kind of thing sensible. you can get a physio or a um sports masseuse or something to have a look at or not um, really well i think there's probably I don't know. I mean, in my experience, a physio has not been able to do anything at all. In fact, a physio has gone, I can't touch you because it's like a mm-hmm. disc thing. And they just, they're like, oh, I can't manipulate you or move you in any way, shape or form. But I did, I spoke to someone yesterday who was saying that they had a chiropractor who sorted out their back, but I'm not sure they had the same thing. And I don't really know about chiropractors. Aren't they basically witch doctors? I'm not sure if they're real or not. So I'm, I, know I put them along Cara with goes to one. Yeah, my friend Cara goes to one and she, um, I don't know, it sounds like they do such a slightly strange things like tapping you in a particular place mm. and stuff that would just make me be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. 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 Question that. <laughs> and I'm not happy with yeah. people touching me anyway. And we know that, don't we? So it's like, well, <sighs> why would I volunteer to do that when I can just walk around stiffly for and a couple pay. of months? And pay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And pay dearly, <laughs> I think, to some mm, of I them. I know. Mm. Yeah, I know mm. loads. So mm. yeah. Well, anyway, so you, that's, do, that's... you must talk about it on the pod as well because <laughs> I think people are going to be wanting an update because last time <laughs> you were all all sore. Yeah. Although we have to be oh. mindful that I think this we're going to be launching this episode in a few weeks' time, and so I'm hoping by that stage I'm just going to be prancing around like Nuriev and everything will be absolutely fine I'll be totally flexible okay fab okay well maybe maybe we maybe we leave it then and we can fix it fix your back in in post (laughs) 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 we might as well just I think I think now that all the fuzziness has disappeared and I can hear you both perfectly well so me um, too so might as well just sort of dive in um in the hope that, that we are launching this on in January January 2023 which feels really strange to say because at the moment we're still in Mm. December which feels miles away um but on the podcast today she says with a bit of a frog in her throat um we've got Laura Barnhouse who is friend of the pod and she's been part of women's running for like almost as long as I've been part of of women's running because as, as soon as I knew that she was working in certain areas I was like please come and write for us um, and Laura, well, you're going to have to introduce yourself because I haven't even looked at your bio properly, which isn't a very friendly thing to do. But we got you on because <laughs> because you're a nutritionist um, and a journalist and you're a runner and, uh, you know, you, you've worked in fitness. Um, but, yeah, you, you know more about you than I do. So um, 
You, you tell us why you're here. What, what, what are you? Who are you, Laura? Hello. Um, Hello. I am, I'm Laura. Um, hi. I, um, who am I? Yeah, so I, my background is in um, nutrition and fitness, as you say. Um, so I've been, I'm a nutritionist and a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. So, um, and also I kind of, of work and do work within the NHS doing health and well-being um support so I work with a range, wide range of people just basically helping them feel their best or health as healthy mm-hmm. as possible whether that's through what they're eating or not eating or whether that's through um physical activity exercise uh, mindfulness any sort of anything that's going to help somebody feel better um that's what I try to support them in doing um I think that is in a nutshell but yeah but Mm. outside of work um yeah I'm keen like fitness fanatic myself um have done a lot of running over the years and done taken part in lots of different events these days um it's more of a kind of plod along the river dart I live in Totnes in Devon so um that will be kind of a to be honest more of a mental well-being kind of activity rather Mm. than a um I need to go and get the miles in um because I'm chasing some goal of wanting to take part in, in a certain event, which is what I've done more in the past. But mm. these days, as I say, it's more of a break away from the computer and um, just some fresh air. And I enjoy running for that that reason. I'm probably a lot slower than I have been. But to be honest, for me, running has never been about a certain pace. I've never been one of those runners. I've just been a kind of, I'll be thrilled if I get around the route type runner. Oh, <laughs> oh. Laura, you're immediately in good company. <laughs> <laughs> she <good>. just. <laughs> um, so you can see your hole you can see why I wanted to get Laura on right so she just she ticks all yeah of completely our yeah yeah well so, I can't see anything at the moment it's very strange I've had to turn my camera off because we were having some technical difficulties but I am here and I can see you both and uh, I'm so excited to have you on the pod Laura we've communicated over email before but we've never met properly and you guys have got quite a long history of being pals haven't you (laughs) we Mm. have yeah yeah we used to work together a long time we've only just figured out I was like we used to work together 30 years ago but we didn't it was about 15 (laughs) years ago so it wasn't quite so far away as I thought it was but it was definitely pre-kids 1971 (laughs) it was it It still feels like a different time oh my god it does because I mean I think I remember when you were first pregnant so it was like that was yeah yeah long time ago yeah a long time mm. ago now yeah. yeah I could only work out when I knew because I knew when my child was I just about knew when my first child was born that's how I knew when I <laughs> roughly knew you yeah, yeah but different times we, it, yeah we both worked at Future together and it was um it was fun times mostly I think I remember it being yeah being, it was being it was it was really fun times yeah it was it was yeah. cool Aww. so yeah so it's lovely it's to have you we, on when we used to think Thank you. It's when we used to think we knew what busy was and then we had children and then we decided we really hadn't got a clue. But now we really know what busy is. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. So true. <laughs> is that what life is like? Is that what it's going to be like <laughs> if I have children? I'm just It's going to just go up an, another level. Yeah. You just yeah. you just need to about get about ten levels. Oh actually. God! <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's when you suddenly realise oh that's what a diary is for. So uh, yes. yeah, so to ensure that you don't mm-hmm. miss nativity plays and um, oh gosh, yeah. ooh, God, honestly, oh, I love at the nativity moment, play though. 
Yeah, we've got all of ours next week. Oh, no, I could, let's not talk about Nativity Play because this is coming out January. No, very <laughs> true. I was going to say we mustn't because at this stage, no. I'm sure all of you are sick to the back teeth of hearing about Nativity Plays because exactly. in theory, you should have had many lovely pre-recorded weeks of that content. And this yeah. is a brand new year, new us, and yeah. what, not new us, that's a load of bollocks. Um, yeah. And why oh, yeah, we'll we come wanted to, that. to get Laura on because I think as Esther and I have mentioned before, this is the time of year where people pick up a copy of Women's Running Magazine or come and visit us on the website or might dip their toes into the podcast when people are looking for the answers to mm-hmm. losing weight, getting fit in a sort of vague way that they're not 100% sure what that means for them. And we wanted to sort of iron any of those things out and make sure that there were some answers from an expert on yeah. basically probably bad news as to why that's not really what you should be <laughs> focusing on and why there are lots and lots of other reasons why you should be a, a part of our gang, basically. Yeah. Does yeah, that I mean, yeah. put, it, put it well? That does put it well. That does put, and, to, and to add to that, I think it's to kind of, I guess, maybe unpack some of that conversation between exercise and nutrition that's always a real issue because for women particularly there's that kind of punishment reward thing going on Mm. um and so I guess yeah it's just I I guess I guess we wanted you to come on because you've got such good knowledge and I do want the answers to questions but I think some of them are just going to be more discussion points because I know that you're you know you won't have all the answers because we can't we can't help every single woman out there who is accessing us because they want to lose weight and I don't want to turn around to those people and say you won't lose weight through running or anything like that but but food I think mainly is why you're here so it's kind of like uh, what I really wanted to start talking about is what is going on with women and food why is it such a big thing for us why are we constantly kind of figuring out what we should and shouldn't eat and why is it such a kind of emotive thing for women particularly I mean I'm, I know that men will yeah mm. I know <laughs> how long is a piece of string um I think oh, your thing is I think historically uh, so much value has been placed on what women look like mm. um wrongly and and solely that and therefore you know going back generations there's been so much pressure to look a certain way and mm. often that that comes into body size as much as anything else um and I know you know just just for myself you know I'm a child of the 80s and growing up you know I was just bamboozled by mums and and my mum's friends all talking about diets all the time and the language Mm. that was used around food was bad and naughty and you know I remember my mum doing like slimming world and talking about sins and you know Mm -hmm. it's just that's a hotbed of of not good kind of messages being sent to a a pre-teen and then teenage girl right Mm. there um and you know thankfully thankfully it seems to be shifting a bit that um you know about you know body body positivity and and it doesn't matter what you look like and what size you are thankfully but Mm. that legacy is still very much there and I think that's the issue that is kind of why it really takes quite a quite a concerted effort to not feel 
quote unquote guilty, quote unquote bad about certain foods. Oh yeah. You kind of and I'll come on to this, but like you kind of really have to check yourself and remind yourself that actually what you look like isn't the be all and end all by any means. Um and that value has been placed there by society. Um you know, and it depends how sort of how deep you want to go. But on a societal level, it, it's worked well that women have been kept down at heel. Um, mm. And the sort of, and kind of, I think the shame thing has been a part of that and kind of making women feel kind of second class citizens for a long time. Um, and making sure that, and sort of it's been important that they've been kept in their kind of, box of you you're just supposed to look pretty and 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 slim and that's that's kind of your role mm-hmm. um I think that's where a lot of it has come from um yeah I could go on but I think... <laughs> yeah that, I, that's that, I really mean, interesting yeah I was just gonna say I don't think I've ever I feel like this is something that I have thought to death like I have I th- I think being a woman in a curvier body and I'm such a fluctuator as well so I've been quite a lot of different sizes over the last few years so I feel like this is something that I've I've thought about a lot and I've never thought about the fact that it's easier to control women and to keep women in a particular position by mm. having us be very very focused on not what it is that we're doing and what we can achieve and how our bodies are moving and what our brains are doing and but instead on what we look like and how we appear to other people and obviously I've thought about about the fact that that's a thing that that women are sort of cursed with thinking about more than men a lot of the time but I haven't thought about it in a way that that's almost like a bit of a kind of patriarchal tactic that's like stay in your lane of aesthetic and how you look and how you're how much space you're taking up and how you're appearing to the world because that distracts you from basically being a badass yeah yeah exactly I think sorry carry on oh no I was gonna say I was gonna agree with that it was the, the taking up space thing but I was just sort of thinking about on a personal level that the reasons why as a taller person that I'd wanted to lose weight in the past was because I I already felt as though I was taking up too much space to begin with and so Mm -hmm. you know kind of wanting to kind of not be out there and obvious and uh you know and not being a particularly confident and outre sort of person wanting to minimize Mm -hmm. how much space I was taking up and I know lots of women feel the same as that it's kind of Mm -hmm. taking up too much space is is Mm. yeah it's, it's such a weird feeling to have isn't it I I, just, yeah. I can't imagine anyone I can't I can't imagine ever thinking that about another person so why are we thinking that no, about yeah. ourselves it's exactly it's, it's, um I just want to pick up on something that you said Holly is is about if you think about the the time and effort and money that that people put into maintaining a certain appearance and what better ways we could be using that time mm. you know we weren't focusing so much on that what else could we be doing in the world and I do think it's changed and changing I don't think it's quite as it it's not as it was but I think that is the legacy and that's the legacy that we kind of our generation and hopefully future generations are kind of gonna hopefully shift um so that women got more time to be badass basically yeah (laughs) yeah but then I mean I always feel slightly guilty because we work in a space which is about fitness and necessarily 
we are speaking to women who are also thinking about weight loss or or changing their body shapes in some way. Um, so I know that there are some blurred edges um, when when we talk to women, and um, I really hope that we never kind of are um, conflating that kind of conversation or trying to you know trying to expect women to to change themselves in some way. Particularly not in January, I am not up for change. Um, but at the, at the same time, what we want to do is promote women exploring fitness and movement to kind of make themselves feel better, um, which is much more kind of esoteric. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's very difficult to sort of pinpoint, oh, you will feel better if you run three times a week. Yeah, actually, I think you have to, you have to repair that. I've, I've been trying to do that a little bit at the moment that like, I'm, I find it so difficult because I was consciously, um, in fact, these are going to be, we keep saying we'll come back to this. I do want to ask <laughs> you more about this in a bit, Laura. But I'd been finding that I had a bit of a funny tum because I maybe wasn't eating a variety of foods and I wasn't eating as many kind of fruits and veg as I usually would. And so I've been really, really trying to have a little bit more of a conscious not just eating whatever I fancy eating, but thinking a little bit more about the effect it's going to have on my body and, and how it's going to make me feel. And it's a bit of a minefield because I think it there is a line, isn't there? I think this is, this is sorry, trying to come off from what you were saying, Esther, not go off on a massive tangent, that, um, <laughs> that it's, of course, there are like, I don't want to shame anybody or make anybody feel rubbish about the fact that there might be things that they want to change about their lifestyle uh, that that they think, oh, I don't know whether this is making me happy in the long term, because this is just making me feel a bit rubbish and a bit sluggish and a bit other rhyming words. And, yeah. um, and I think, um, oh. but it is a massive minefield because I've been trying to do that at the moment where like yesterday I had a lovely salad for lunch and I was feeling all good about myself. And, um, but then, and I'd had, I'd done that for the, for the kind of few days previous, but I'd managed to kind of feel like, yeah, you know what? Great. I, I love that salad and I'm feeling full. But yesterday mm. I did a total 6 p.m. hit and I had two glasses of wine and a bowl of chips at the pub because I was like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And it's it's so it's it is a weird one how to find that balance where you are intuitively doing things that your yes. body yeah, your, that is going to feel good for your body. That doesn't mean that you just end up driving yourself to madness with obsessing over. I was just thinking about chips all afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and that kind of that eating thing, where like, I mean, I have the same thing. Um, I've got a massive sweet tooth, and so I have the same thing with sweets. If there are sweets in the house, which there very often are, because I buy them, sort of pretend mm. they're for the kids, but they're not. They're for me. Um, I do and, and actually my son has has figured that one out as well um, <laughs> which is a bit embarrassing so he's like I've saved all the green ones for you mummy I'm like oh thanks oh I am just a nightmare <laughs> but I know that if they are in the house and I and I eat them particularly if I eat them like have a handful like every night for like three nights that by the fourth day I do feel terrible and my my body looks a bit different and my face looks a bit different if I've had like vastly inflated amounts of sugar. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I do want to sort of say to myself, it's fine. You know, you, you can, you can give yourself this food, but I, I, at the same time, I know it's not particularly good. It's not good for me. I know sugar is absolutely awful, generally speaking. So it's like, 
and it's it's kind of for me it feels like it's those that one thing that you know you you sort of say oh everything in moderation I think sugar's mm. the one thing that you shouldn't really be having in moderation isn't it it feels like it's like the absolute kind of the devil at the moment that's what it feels like when I read about it so it's like it's the one thing I shouldn't be eating in moderation oh, I bollocks not I had a Mr Kipling cake last night <laughs> what just the Are one you not <laughs> okay Laura what did you have this is gonna make me feel better I had last night well I had a friend over so we did have a few glasses of wine and uh, I had some ironically I'd, I teach spinning classes and I brought some Cadbury's Heroes to give out to my spinning class um as a Christmas thing and I had some left so my friend and I tucked into those <laughs> so. love it and she's yeah. a nutritionist love it. Yeah. so <laughs> oh god yeah oh god I'm probably the worst to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, okay. So um, you mentioned the so the, Holly and I have had this this conversation before because we can't get there. You mentioned earlier on about that kind of body positivity thing. Um, I'm really interested mm. in this because I can't I can't get there. Apart from my feet, we've discussed this before. Like we've yeah, we have on nice bits that, that we like. People would, I like my feet. Yeah, <laughs> people would pay for Esther's uh, pictures of Esther's feet, but um, yeah. But yeah, we <laughs> have said up. that it is really, really, I can't remember what my bit was, but collarbone. we tried to do, was it collarbone? Yeah. Yes. We tried to yeah. do this thing on the pod the other day where we were trying to think of something that we did love about our bodies and we could a hundred percent. And I think anybody yeah. can go, you know what? I can pull a little bit of self-esteem out by looking at this one bit that I really like. But the overall positivity thing is hard work and neutrality, we were kind of saying, is almost even harder work. I don't know what you think about either of those phenomena. <sighs> I think, huh, I think so with, with a lot of these kind of topics, I think, I think it is just a constant work in progress. I think we never, well, I'm really happy to be proved wrong but I think if you're something you've always struggled with, I would I would challenge that you probably always it probably always will be a bit of a challenge. But that's not hopeless because the fact that you're mindful of it makes a massive difference. So just being able to kind of check yourself when you're stood there and you're looking in the mirror, going, "Oh, how, I don't like that," and just if you if if you if you practice hopefully long enough or you just you're being more intuitive about it you can go hang on a minute no and just stop yourself as you would in the same way you would as if, if a friend was stood there in front of you saying oh I really don't like this like bit on my arm and you would say oh don't be don't be silly no one notices that and we can say that to other people but we can't say those things to ourselves for some reason it's always a lot more challenging so I think it is just that having a a really good awareness of it can make a massive difference. I'm the same. I, I, I've, I mean, I've struggled with eating disorders over the years, and I'm still. I mean, lot. I'm much. You know, I'm at a different place to that now, but I can still go down that rabbit hole, and mm. I really have to focus to sort of bring myself to stop myself thinking that way. And and you know, it is about things like mindfulness practices or gratitude kind of practices can be really important and just and thinking hang on a minute right what am I grateful for about my body and um and what does my body allow me to do and so if you can start to break the cycle of those thoughts yeah then hopefully if you do that often enough it starts to break the 
you know, stop them, slow them down. It's kind of like CBT. I don't know if any of you guys have done any CBT, but it's, a, yeah. it's about challenging those regular thought patterns um, and, and trying to, if you challenge them often enough, you you hopefully over time change them. Mm-hmm. But also I think another thing that's really critical in in kind of the health space and in mindset and our view of our bodies and what they can do is is really being having an understanding of what our values are and it can be really really key to like take some time to actually think about what what really matters to us in our in our lives and I say that from experience of kind of working with patients and with clients and now I'm working in the diabetic and diabetes prevention and it's one of the most important things for any kind of behavioral change but kind of main building and sustaining healthy habits is tapping into what really matters to you and if you can find that you'll suddenly think you suddenly will over time start to realize that what your big toe looks like actually doesn't matter if your big toe is helps you walk to school every day to collect your children and be there the face on the gate for them or or whatever it is you know and it's it's not easy but it's a practice I think and it's just a thing that over time you can get a better handle on mm-hmm. yeah and I think I, also can help to have like trusted people as well and kind of and to to you know if it's your your partner or a close friend and if you to to tell you like if you're having if you're starting to say those things out loud them to go stop stop now <laughs> this is yeah. you know and to, to have to be a voice of reason I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, that's a really good thing. I always it find is. that with my partner, all the bits of me that I don't like. Uh, I talked about this on the pod, didn't I? About thigh brows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so still don't know what they are. Having, <laughs> yeah, having a chunkier thigh. There's there's quite a pronounced crease, I suppose, when you're kind of sitting down or whatever between your thigh and then your tummy or your pelvis or whatever. And uh, I have always been mortified about that bit. And I feel like in pictures of other women in magazines or whatever, that they've just got a sort of smooth, there's mm. there's like a Barbie, there's kind of nothing, <laughs> their, their legs just sort of slots into their pelvis without a, a crease at all. And um, and Doug was like, oh no, thigh brows are really sexy. Like they're a thing. And I was like, what? And it completely blew my mind. And I do think it is always the things that you don't think are nice about your body, that it is nice to have a partner or a friend or a a, whoever it might be that's like, oh, no, I've always always loved big chunky thighs or I've always loved whatever it might be that makes you realize that actually your opinions on your body or bodies in general may not be facts. They might just be your opinions. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite difficult to see yourself in someone else's gaze, though, isn't it? I mean, I because I've I've had these conversations with Dave before. He's very dismissive of of any kind of issues that I might have with my body because he's mm. much more kind of practical and fact based kind of thing. But I know that times <laughs> when I've been quite when I've kind of heralded myself for having lost weight, for instance, like oh, I I weigh this much or I look like this, and he's been completely nonplussed. But I mm. know that he prefers it when I'm not that skinny um and and has kind of mm-hmm. and has spoken about kind of softer parts of me as being nice like my stomach and stuff which I find awful 
like I'm always just like, mm. no, don't, don't touch my stomach. Don't, you know, just mm. there's been two babies in there and it wasn't brilliant to begin with. And, you know, don't, don't go anywhere near it. But softness for him is a nice thing for me is a bad, mm. I'm always like, it should be this kind of like, you know, ab hard kind of metal plate. And, and it really isn't at all it's like yeah but then that's (laughs) I think that's where the opinion thing comes in isn't it because that might be what you like in tummies Esther and you think is a nice tummy but that is not objectively a nice tummy that's just a tummy and that's the kind that you prefer whereas Dave obviously thinks a a softer tum is a lovely tum to have and that's his opinion and you know, there's not one that's right or wrong. I would, yeah, hope, yeah, yeah, mm. because all of those, all of those bodies exist, don't they? But um, I was wondering yeah, how exactly. much, how much um, you think about how COVID has had this effect on how we perceive ourselves. Because I know that um, having more time at home, more time to peer into mirrors and things, I know that has led to kind of. There's been quite a kind of um, movement of of women particularly I think probably both sexes actually but women seeking out things like plastic surgery um getting their teeth fixed um do, doing more stuff because they're peering at themselves more <laughs> they have more space mm. to kind of like be be kind of self-critical um and I think there has been kind of a rise in that I mean I got my teeth fixed um <laughs> over yeah. lockdown yeah <laughs> so mm. um I haven't yet used any other plastic surgery, but I'll let you know when I do. Um, so I was just wondering I how you... The... Oh, go on. Sorry, carry on. No, I was, no, just, I was going to say, just... I wonder if the using Teams has made a difference because you, yeah. you can, like right now I can see myself in the mm. <laughs> on the screen and I yeah. if I was talking to you in a cafe, mm. I wouldn't be able to see myself. Um, and so I wonder if that has made, had some I impact. I think it's had a huge record. impact. Yeah, huge. Yeah. yeah. I hate looking yeah, at I my wouldn't face. Be surprised. I'm constantly looking at my face now. It's awful. So, it's yeah. Annoying, <clears throat> well, not your face. My face. I just hate looking at my own <laughs> no, face. It is. It is you were sorry. Much. I interrupted you. were leading to a question there, Esther. Was I? I can't remember. Um, I, think oh, I, I thought you going... were. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if you thought that there was, I don't know, if there was, if COVID had made things worse for women in terms of kind of that self-acceptance because of stuff like Zoom calls and being in front of a mirror a bit more I don't know if there's anything there I don't know I mean COVID's a tricky one because there's definitely been you know obviously it was a hideous it's still going on but it's a hideous thing that happened but something good I definitely think some good things came of it um I think people just taking running as a as a prime example you know now that people I think a lot of people have remained working remotely and jobs that before weren't remote jobs are now remote jobs. So people have got a bit more time or at least if not more time, more flexibility over their schedule so they can fit in like a morning run or, um, you, you know, where before they used to have to be kind of out the door by seven to be in an office by nine or whatever. Um, but yeah, I can understand I don't know. I think it could have gone either way. I mean, you obviously have got the stats and, and people are doing more, um, kind of having more cosmetic work done. Then I can understand, yeah, people have just been able to like look at themselves a lot more. But that would be my thing is I, I probably look at my own face much more these days than I ever have before, just 
because of teams and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, right, yeah, I think I, I think I do too. Yeah, we. I think yeah, it's just it's just not very nice, is it? I do, I do try and overcompensate slightly. Like I think, um, like on Instagram, I put more of my face out there than I ever did pre-COVID, and I think that's that's come from a place of like this is just what it looks like and like whatever and mm. and I know that people respond more when I put my face up than when I put a picture of a bridge up I don't understand that but um the bridge is I like your pictures of bridges though I always enjoy Thanks. your pictures of where you're running <laughs> <laughs> cheers <Lord. laughs> off she goes again <laughs> she, where's she running now <laughs> same old place same bridge <laughs> <laughs> um what I, I had, um, I've written down some questions and I did have a question that I, I am really keen to know the answer of because I know that you run and you're a nutritionist. So can we copy what you do to make ourselves feel healthy and happy about food and movement? Please. Oh, I'd love I really... the answer was yes to that. <laughs> I really wouldn't because if you knew what I, how I honestly live, you wouldn't be that impressed, I don't think. Um <laughs> The big myth that people who work in health and fitness are just constantly 24-7 healthy is definitely not true, not in my experience. But I think when it comes to other people, I think for sure you can use tips or maybe if there's things they do, you know, you read about or it's a friend or whoever it is that you think, oh, that might work for me by all means be open to giving it a go. But just with the mindset that, some things work for some people and some things don't and other things work for other people. So this is a classic I've used. This has happened loads of times with kind of um, NHS patients who say, oh, my friend has done the 5-2 diet and she's lost loads of weight and I tried it and it didn't work. And and I always say, but you're not your friend and your friend has a completely different schedule and a completely different body and completely different food tastes, et cetera, et cetera. So the problem with that is that the person who's tried, for example, in this example, the 5-2 diet and it hasn't worked, they just end up berating themselves and, and going down this spiral of like, oh, I'm a failure and, and yeah. negative self-talk. So I think it's always good to kind of, again, sort of check yourself and go, well, well I'll give it a go. But, you know, it may work for me, it may not. But it kind of, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking about this question. I sort of... Um, wanted to sort of touch upon things a thing I use a lot again with patients and clients which is smart goals um and also kind of work around barriers so with in terms of smart goals this is they're sort of really crucial for kind of making changes and so basically smart is an acronym and it starts stands for specific measurable achievable relevant timely and I bring it up in this question because is really key like say for example um you think right well my friend one runs three times a week so and you know she's I don't know whatever whatever your goal is she's hitting this time on a half marathon or whatever and I really want to do the same so I just need to run three times a, a week just pause and try to frame that in a smart goal as a smart goal and so say in this example 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The goal is I'm going to run three times a week. That's the specific part of it. Uh, is uh, and drill it down. Like say I'm going. If you've got a, a route that you will run, um, yeah, I don't know Esther's canal run. I'm going to run mm. my canal run um, for thirty minutes three times a week on it, and I'll make it really super specific. I'm going to do that on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, the measurable part of that goal is kind of is is the distance and the time. So you kind mm-hmm. of tick that off. Is it achievable? That's a question only you can ask yourself. So, is it achievable that I can do that? Does that fit in my schedule? Am I gonna be? Am I gonna be able to? Yeah. Is it gonna? Is it gonna happen? Um, is it relevant to what I'm trying to achieve? And, and we kind of are can be relevant or realistic. But again, it's really key to focus on that. Is it a realistic goal? If not, perhaps tone it back a bit and maybe think oh I'm going to I'm going to go once a week first because mm. you can always build on these things um and then timely is kind of you set yourself a kind of date to revisit it and and to see how how that's gone um and you can be it could be like four weeks or something and I'll see how my progress has gone and look back on it like that and I think that can be more useful than necessarily kind of just trying to copy what somebody else is doing um and well the other thing I touched on was like barriers I think this is a really another real biggie with with behavioral change is kind of knowing what your barriers are um and by barriers I mean that things that might stop you from achieving what it is you're setting out to achieve and often that can be time it could be the it's often the weather especially in January Mm. um it could be that it's dark it could be that you've left your trainers in the car and you can't be bothered to go and get them whatever it is that's a barrier and it's and the key is kind of to trying to reduce those barriers and break and then break them down when they come um and your barriers might be completely different to your friends or the person you're following on Instagram who's running every day um yeah so can we can we use those those that acronym can we use that when it comes to food as well like can we use that to in some way improve our relationship with food in a way do you think a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah how how would we do that how so so if we say for example somebody um is trying to increase the amount of fruit and veg they they, this is, a, again, another common one that I would get with NHS patients or any clients, to be honest. I want to eat more fruit and veg. That's great. That's a great 
that's a great thing to want to achieve, but there's a few things we need to kind of pause and unpack before we set that as a goal. So first of all, do you know how much fruit and veg you're eating at the moment? Because if you don't, then how do you know when you've had more? You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know. Whereas if you can make it a smart goal and say, for example, I'm going to make sure that my meal, my dinner on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday has a good portion of um, of vegetables on the plate um, and a portion of, of veg is normally what we'd say about a handful so that's a really measurable specific thing you know on a Monday Wednesday Friday that's what you're going to try to do and that's good mm-hmm. for planning as well because it's not just a case of oh have I got have I got anything in the house if you know you're going to do that on a Monday Wednesday Friday you can kind of plan ahead and make sure you have got things available um, and again it's that question of going through the acronym, the SMART acronym, um, you've made it very specific, you've made it measurable, you have to ask yourself if it's achievable, and if not, how can you make that an achievable goal? Do you need to make it that you're only going to aim to do that one day a week, or do you need to just schedule in that you're going to, you know, add to your shopping list, peas, or whatever it is, you know, what do you need to do to make it achievable? Mm. And then asking yourself if it's realistic, checking is it is it realistic are you are you going to be home on those days have you got control over what you have monday wednesday friday if not maybe change it to days that you have got control or you know you're going to be going somewhere that veg is as an option you know perhaps you yeah. do it if it's if you're going to be if it's going to be a day you're going to be grabbing something on the go because you won't may not have that control um and then the timely thing again it's just really good to set yourself a kind of a date to reflect and see how that's been going um, reflection is really really critical and important for behavioral change and and then when you reflect on it you again it's looking at what went well have I achieved it if I have achieved it you know you it may be just enough to just keep doing that if you did that 52 weeks of the year that may be a massive massive change that you've made mm. but if it hasn't worked then you think oh how can I make that more realistic for me do I need to you know, make it a smaller goal or do I perhaps maybe need to think about bringing a portion of fruit or veg into my lunch or my breakfast instead if the dinner doesn't work? Like, mm. so it's, it's kind of, it's a, the smart goal tool is, can you can yeah. use it for anything, um, but it's, the reflection is really key. Um, Laura, I was going to ask about veg and portions because I think I struggle with this because... And this is where I often get a little bit stumped when it comes to healthy eating. When I'm like, right, I really want to have a meal tonight where I've been feeling a little bit like crap. Um, I know that my body's been responding in a way that like, generally it's like dairy where I'm like, I've been eating too much cheese. I've been spending a lot of time on the loo or feeling a bit rubbish about Mm -hmm. myself or whatever. So I'll be like, right, I want to have a really nice, what in my mind I'll call like a clean meal or something. But I'm a vegetarian And I find it quite difficult to think about portions like that because I think often in school and stuff with our understanding of nutrition, we're taught like chicken breast is the image of like protein that you get on your picture. And then there's a veg section and that's like a handful of of sort of slightly boring, sad looking steamed green beans or something. And then there's often a small which I think is questionable because I think we probably need more carbohydrate than that. But in my memory, it's a small 
um, section of, of carbohydrate that's like couscous, potatoes, rice, whatever it is. And I find that quite difficult because as a veggie, a lot of my meals that I find the most satisfying to cook and, and I also love cooking. So a lot of the things that I find the most satisfying to cook and eat are more kind of like hearty stews, like a mushroom bolognese we make quite a lot. Mm, like nice. tonight I'm having a um, mushroom and leek ramen, which I'm excited mm. about. So I quite like <laughs> nice. doing that. I make like an interesting broth and then we'll... Nice. So I quite like doing interesting cooking and I quite like following mm. new recipes and getting new recipe books for Christmas and I like I rarely have something the only times where I feel like I'll have like that image of that primary school plate where it's like separated into bits mm. is if mm. I have a roast or if I have a sausage and mash or something like that the majority of the time I'm more looking at ladling something into a bowl for my dinner so I how do I manage like portions of what things are and do they still count? Like in, in my mushroom bolognese, for example, when, if I mince up a bunch of mushrooms, does that still count as a portion of a veg or am I losing some kind of nutritional value there? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's a million <laughs> no, questions, no, 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 isn't no, no, it? No, no, no. I, think, <laughs> I think I get what you're, I totally get what you're saying. And it's, and it's a really good point, especially when, we're trying to encourage people to enjoy food because mm. um, the the primary school drawing sounds really unappealing compared to your mushroom and leek ramen, which sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited jealous. about that. Um, I'll send yeah, you guys a picture. Be. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's it's a really good point, and because the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's an adage that we eat. You know, we eat meals, we eat food, we don't eat macronutrients. We mm-hmm. We don't eat food types. We do, obviously, but we don't tend to think of it that way. Um, I think in terms of knowing, if I unpack it a bit of kind of knowing the types of things you should be eating and then maybe move to portion sizes, is that okay? Yeah, of course. So I think like mainly if you can know what, what constitutes a nutritious diet, that's the foundations. And that is kind of... Plenty of fruit and veg, um, healthy sources of fat, and by that we mean um, basically anything sort of not trans fat. So trans fats are things you get in kind of pastries and baked goods and takeaway foods. So that's not saying that that's not okay to have it, but but when we talk about healthy fats, that that's kind of the category that's not in that. So healthy fats would be your oils, um, butter, uh, plant-based kind of mm. uh, nuts and seeds all those kind avocado, of avocado that's always one I think avocado, of healthy fats yeah. right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that's really key um and then um and protein as you've said so uh, and then you know if you're veggie then on vegan then that that's that's nuts and seeds that's pulses that's soy based products and obviously mm-hmm. if you're not a G, that's meat and fish dairy products um so knowing that those are the things that are kind of the foundations of a healthy diet, I think can really help. So in terms of your example, like with your mushroom ramen, for example, mm. instead of thinking maybe what the end product looks like and how it is prepared, and in terms of the, your question around mushrooms, no, absolutely, that's fine. It doesn't matter how they're um, sort of cut. You, um, Yeah, mm. no, they're all good. 
But I think if you think maybe more about what ingredients are sort of on your kitchen counter when you're starting to make that meal, that's probably a better way of looking at it. Okay. I suspect you would probably be using some fat somewhere to like, are you frying something? And so that would be kind of your healthy fat. I'd probably use vegetable oil or like rapeseed oil or something. And then... But I really like that. That's a really good idea. So, so like essentially, when you kind of lay all your ingredients out before you start making your meal, which is a very satisfying thing to do, it makes me feel like Ainsley Harriet. Then <laughs> that kind of is where you're looking at your por- proportions of different types of food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And so you can think: Have I got healthy protein in here? But also to kind of not to try to overcomplicate it further, but Although those are the the foundations of a healthy diet, that doesn't mean every meal needs to have all of those in them. It's more mm-hmm. about, um, I kind of use the analogy that if you think about what your shopping trolley or if it's your online order looks like, it's more, oh, is that divided in a, in, a, in a way that kind of reflects what we should be having? Because if you're buying those things, then we know over the course of hopefully the course of the week or whatever, you're having them all. But that doesn't mean that each meal needs to have, you know, all the things in it sort of thing. Um, but then when it comes to portions, I mean, with things like stews, it is tricky. But mm. yeah, I'm trying to think of of a good way to kind of explain stews because that is a tricky one but I think Mm. it's just you know it's more about kind of serving up your portion and and maybe always kind of I don't know erring on the smaller side but you can always go back for more it's 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 really hard to kind of um Mm. I know what you're saying it's really hard to kind of visually know what's a what's the sort of sensible portion when it's something like that maybe it is more intuitive like you were kind of touching on to start with but it's like how you know your body I suppose and you know kind of how what you'll have done that day so like Mm. if I've been sitting at my desk and just working and not really moving and doing anything all day then I won't be as hungry for something whereas if I've gone for a run I'll be much more ravenous and I guess it's kind of looking at that bowl and being like what looks like what I could what what I'm I'm hungry for right now and knowing that like because I think there's a bit of a panicky thing that must come from childhood somewhere that is like oh I need all the food I need to sort of hoard it and put it all in my bowl right now or whatever when actually reminding myself that like I can always go back and get a bit more if I'm hungry there's no there's no need Mm. to to feel like I need to hoard it all together and um not that that's like a massive thing but I do think there's definitely a little bit of that in my brain sometimes where I think it's a control thing almost where I'm like if I can give myself lots of lovely food then I'll be okay kind of thing you nurture yourself aren't you yeah and I wanted to bring up on something that you were saying there Hall as well because I remember this Mm. having a conversation similar to this a few years back because someone I read something that said that um, actually running, like if you are, if you wanted to, for instance, lose weight, that running is not uh, not the best tool for that because mm. of the way in which we do tend to, and I, I don't want to use the word, but we do tend to reward ourselves after a run. 
So, um, mm. and, and actually, in and terms it will of literally just be, I feel like that we're hungrier because we've expended more energy and like, I feel like yeah. my tummy is like, please after a run, but there's also yeah, an absolutely. element of reward where I'm like, get me a Domino's yeah. now. Yeah. I think it, it's both <laughs> of those things. And, but and apparently I've heard that, um, I read this where someone was saying that actually um, of all of the activities that you can do, the one that seems to lead to sustained weight loss was dog walking because you, oh. you would you had to do it regularly, but when you come back, you don't feel that, that you are necessarily in need of a reward because you've just done a thing that you're mm. supposed to be doing, like walking the kids to school. I don't come back from walking the kids to school and think to myself, right, okay, I'll have that Domino's. But um, yeah, I'm just like, I'll have a glass do. of wine now, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. nine thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not okay. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, I know I know that's throwing a kind of an added complexity into the mix. But I did because I because of thinking about all the people that might be listening to this, thinking to themselves, "Oh, should I? Shouldn't I? I must go on a massive diet because I've overindulged at Christmas or whatever." But like bearing in mind all that kind of the portion stuff and the veg stuff and all that kind of thing how how do we go about reframing our mindsets so we don't think to ourselves right I've overeaten now I must lose weight how do we how do we have a consistently how do we develop that consistent good relationship with healthy eating once we've kind of grasped what that might be I know uh, I'm asking for, it's I a think... million dollar question isn't it sorry <laughs> No, no, no. I think it's, I think you, that's, yeah, I'll reflect back and it's also, you picked up on it earlier, Holly, is I think the thing is, is not throwing things under the bus just because we've slipped up. I think that's really critical and just, this is, it's a thing that happens a lot with when we, again, when we're trying to make changes or trying to live, you know, have be healthy is that if, we have an indulgent period of time, whether that's because it's been Christmas or a birthday or being on holiday, that we feel like we've kind of ruined our whole, you know, approach to healthy eating and it's not for us and we can't do it and we're failures and let's just throw the whole thing under the bus. Whereas if it's, if we can get into a mindset where we kind of just accept Christmas happens once a year, we know it's going to happen. We all know that generally come January, we're all feeling a bit kind of, not of ourselves to want of a better expression that perhaps rather than beating ourselves up about it we can go right we can just focus on what we what we can do now um and again it's that whole like kind of smart goal thing again mindset again of like well that's happened but what can I now do realistically that's gonna make it better is Mm. it getting to sleep at a reasonable time because I'm a bit sleep deprived over the last few weeks or drinking you know a lot of people I know have like dry January is it it something like that or or being okay with it not with not being perfectly healthy quote-unquote all the time but just accepting that those things are part of life and it's just Mm. we can do other things around the indulgences it doesn't mean that if we've indulged that we just we just can't be healthy ever 
because I think that it's not is that black and white. Yeah, I think black and white is the word for it. Like I've really struggled with that. Like I tend to struggle with extreme. I, did I say this to you the other day, Esther? That I struggle with extremist thinking, and then we made a joke that I'm not planning on on going and <laughs> and being groomed by ISIS. But I just mean in the sense that I tend to jump to quite I have quite catastrophic thinking and um doing CBT actually taught me a lot about it where it's like uh their kind of thought spirals in a way that it's like um I'm fortune telling to myself that something terrible is going to happen if I do this or I'm speaking really really negatively to myself and way over overreacting to something because I did something that I thought was bad or whatever and I really do that with both ends of the spectrum with health. So I will go on one end where I'll be like, right, I need to clean up my act completely and I need to, um, you know, follow a very healthy nutritional plan and I need to stop drinking completely and I need to exercise every day and I'll do that. And then and then 100%, as you say, the first day that you have a slip up of that routine then it's I mean routine is quite a strong word to use for it I usually only last a couple of days and then I'm like <laughs> right this is bollocks but uh, and I go I flip completely the direction and I go I'm a complete piece of crap and I don't I can't do this and and then I'll just not I'll throw all of it out of the window and I won't try any of it whereas I think making like one small change if you do feel that you want to live a little bit healthier whatever that means to you and to me that's not about necessarily the way that my body looks or that's that's much more about the way that I feel in myself and my mental health and stuff because it can get a bit rubbish if I've been drinking too much or not focusing on having lots of different types of food or whatever then realizing okay but like I have been eating loads of vegetables or going okay but I am really going to stick to my rule of like you know, only a glass, only only have a glass of wine on Friday and Saturday nights, or whatever. Or, okay, I am gonna stick to my thing of of exercising three times a week, or at least just having one thing. You're totally not a failure if you run three times a week, but you also drink a bit too much wine, or you don't drink alcohol at all, but you love a cheeseburger sometimes. It's like I think it it's fine. It feels to me like it should be fine to rather than throwing your toys out the pram and panicking and going, oh my gosh, I can't do anything right. Because instead it's like, no, you can do something right and do your something right. You're doing good at this one particular, at this particular thing. And like, that's, that's, that's deserves a pat on, on, on the back in itself. And it, not everything has to be perfect in order for you to be, get a big shiny gold star. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, that, that reminds me of, um, I remember a woman coming up to me when I was, this was like 20 years ago. And it, she came up to me on the, like the 6th of January, we were back at work and she said, I've given up smoking. I've given up drinking. I'm on a diet. Um, you know, I want to lose a stone by such and such. She did do, do smart goals. She was like, I want to lose a stone by this time kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, what, what, what are you doing? And she said at the time, I think Celebrity Love Island had just started. And she said, Celebrity Love Island is the only thing that's pulling me through. And I just thought, e- even then, 20 years ago, I was like, oh, wow. does that make you, you want to stick pins in your eyes? Failure. Yeah, like, It's just never going to work, is it? Because yeah. You can't give up. I mean, if you're a smoker, exactly. you can't give up smoking and drinking and all the good food all in one go. And then I was thinking about my boot camp instructor. She does something recently where she is trying to ingrain us with like little achievable habits and I remember that she's listed some of the ones that we could do. And one of them is drinking a bit more water every day. So it's like a nice, like, oh, yeah, 
yeah, we can all do that. We can all have a bottle by our laptops and just drink a little bit of water. And the other one was going to bed at 10. And I was like, that's that's my one. That's what I need to do. <laughs> so, so it's yeah, just a place to start, that, isn't it? That's a really, yeah. a really good one. Like there's absolutely no shame in the fact that, well, there's absolutely no shame in not having a New Year's resolution at all. You might think I'm bloody great mm. and good <laughs> for you. And I love that for you. But um, yeah, there's also no shame, I feel, in having your New Year's resolution literally just be, yeah, I'm going to drink two, three, however many we're supposed to, litres of water or three litres. Laura? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I want to say, off the top of my head, I've, you've caught me off guard. I can't remember yeah, what the advice is. I can't remember what the there. advice is. Look it up. Google whatever it, it is, <laughs> Google, Google it. it. <laughs> then, you, you know, having that as your New Year's resolution absolutely fine that's making small steps to getting to a place that you want to be because at the end of the day I guess it's similar to you know um uh, I I don't know I don't want to make bold bold statements about things that I don't understand but like with if you if you have a, a a really severe mental health issue or if you are struggling with alcoholism or something like that everybody will always say that you can't you can't change unless you want to do those things and you can't kind of recover and start that process unless you want to do those things. And I think it's the same with you can't just go, I want to be healthy and I want to be healthy for you is essentially I want to look like a contestant on Love Island and, um, you know, uh, I, mm. ha- everything will start going right in my life or whatever. You, I think you have to want to go. I want to feel a little bit better in myself or I want to be able to to run a bit longer and, and feel like it's not I'm not getting out of breath so much or I think genuine things that you actually want to achieve and not that someone else is telling you you should do or that you're looking at the media and going oh that's what other women are doing that's what I should do or whatever I think it has to be what you genuinely want to do and making small steps towards that goal will be so much easier if you've identified that that's something that you're actually motivated by. Yeah. Can I pick up on a couple of, you hit on a really couple of good psychological mm. things in that. In um, And the first is about motivation. And we talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So mm. extrinsic motivation is that I want to look like I'm on Love Island um, mm. type. Or I want to, um, I don't know, I want my teeth to look better or whatever it is. But if it's, that's coming from outside for whatever however that is whereas if it's an intrinsic motivation and this comes back to what I said earlier about values like if it's something that really links to your values so whether it's I don't know um I just want to have better cardiovascular fitness so that when I'm Mm. running it doesn't feel so um laborious on my breathing or in the winter I don't get so many such a tight chest because my lungs are working better Mm -hmm. And then I know I'm healthier and less at risk of kind of chest infections and pneumonia and those kind of things. If that's coming from you just inside, that's so that's the key to motivation is why I said, you know, we, tapping into values is really important because you won't, if it's something outside of you, you're just not going to maintain that motivation. Whereas if it's something from the core of you, that's going to really sustain you and keep you motivated for that, mm. for whatever it is you're trying to do. Um but also the other thing I wanted to pick up on is it's a really it it's you've you've beautifully demonstrated what basically every client I've patient I've ever had says in their first session, which is they basically want to change about fifteen different things. And always, always, always I have to dial them back and go, Well, what is the 
one or two that is the most important to you right now and there's a really really important reason for that and it's because if you can set really specific goals and they can be small goals especially when you're starting on on this process and you achieve them then you are going to feel really really good about yourself and that's going to really motivate you to carry on and to if you feel up to it you can you know make the goal more challenging but harnessing that in a sense of self-belief is really critical and and so doing setting small goals that you can achieve you're going to feel so much more positive about yourself and have that mm. sense of oh you know what I can do this and running's a really classic you know a really good arena to talk about that in and how I started running was I just really really wanted to do um, a race for life and yeah. I remember like I had like Zeth's book for running 5k or something um and I just what well, you know did the whole thing of you know walk a minute run 30 seconds whatever it is but it really changed my mindset because before that my experience of running had been about once a year possibly twice a year my PE teacher saying go out and run around the three football pitches twice with no yeah. now, now I look at it back at it I think that's bananas because I didn't we didn't teach they didn't teach us anything about how to pace ourselves and how to breathe mm -hmm. and I thought running meant sprinting so I'd you know pace off and obviously <laughs> becoming you can't run that distance sprinting so mm -hmm. it's still horrible um I've gone off on a tangent here but basically it, it is about building starting small. as we're running is start small if you achieve it great then you can you can raise that bar but rather than trying to change the 17 things in January you know it's no wonder that come mid to late January people have left all those those ideas behind because it's totally yep. unrealistic yeah so and then we end up feeling bad about ourselves and then we go down this spiral and we go end up you know back on, on a, in a sort of unhealthier not only mindset but unhealthier habits because we just think we're unable to make those healthy changes whereas it's just the way that we try to do it that's the problem not the fact that we we can't do it a hundred percent oh my gosh that? that's actually this has been <laughs> such wisdom that's been good to hear because I was literally thinking earlier today because Esther and I are doing Veganuary um we're doing it as a bit of a collab with our uh, as you can see Esther's buzzing about it um <laughs> and <laughs> We're doing it as a bit of a collab because our friends do a vegan podcast. So they're running a half marathon and we're doing oh, Veganuary. Yeah. So we're kind of helping oh, each cool. other out with our things. Yeah. So I think it'll be really fun. Nice. But it has totally already had that effect on me where I'm like, right, I'm doing Veganuary. So I'm going to obviously be um, cutting out dairy and eating really healthily. And then I'm going to be... Um, I'm probably going to do dry January as well because I could probably do with that and I won't drink for the whole of Jan and uh, I'll also be training for the half marathon so I need to do this, this and this and this and this and it'd be really good to get my strength training up and and already even just saying it to you, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and I don't feel excited about any of those things when I think about mm -hmm. it on that level. Whereas if I'm like, I'm just going to do veganuary, which I said I'd do and I'm going to run three times a week for the half, which is what I said I'd do. I'm not going to start adding in bonkers things. Like if Veganuary to me looks like sometimes the vegan Domino's pizza, which exists, Esther, then that's what it's going to look like. Because what I want to do is achieve the month of doing, of eating vegan. 
I can't start spiraling down a rabbit hole of like, oh, this is going to be the start of the new me and changing my life. And uh, all this brilliant, wonderful, sort of Cindy Crawford looking holes is, is just going to a- a- appear through the mist. That's just... <laughs> she's fine how she is you know <laughs> and she'll actually be great because she'll feel really motivated and she'll feel brilliant about herself because she's achieved that one thing that she set out to yeah do and she's gonna, so 2023 2023 is gonna be her year yeah i yeah. love that <laughs> I yeah love that too. i think also you've uh, the you know it, it's you brought up a really good point as well about um, that it might sometimes look like the vegan Domino's pizza because I think also people often think that to be healthy, you've got to be cooking all your meals from scratch every single day and it's got to look like Ainsley Harriet's about to rustle mm-hmm. up something amazing. It doesn't yeah. need to. Like, it's it can be, it can look like, a you know, a, a ready meal not all ready meals are created equal some of them are really nutritious I used to um used to say I've say this a lot to patients and clients of you know there are so many really nice ones now that have got some health got fresh ingredients and it's it's knowing what you're looking at knowing a bit about food labels and and they there are some that are awful but you don't have to choose those ones so it's it can look like frozen veg like the you know it doesn't need to look like cordon bleu cooking every single every single meal kind of thing it can yeah. be beans yeah. on toast completely yeah exactly yeah. thank mm. god because i give that to I, my children quite a lot <laughs> how are we gonna have beans on toast without cheese or <laughs> oh, 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 butter it's one month it's one month it's one month mm. and i'm sure esther will get really into beans on toast with nutritional yeast Oh, don't talk to me about nutritional That's yeast. <laughs> Get a sticker chart. Get a sticker chart. It works for adults as well as children, you know. This is what I do this every year. I have a little, like, sticker chart of I want to do three different sessions at workouts a week, whatever. And it, mm. and it really works. So, Okay, I, I will do that and I'll put it on the fridge. Every day you've done and it will really motivate you seeing it, like the seeing the little string of stickers oh. come along. That is, that is I think that would be lush. Yeah. I am genuinely going to do it as well because I, I, uh, of course, another potential option is just to lie. Um, I didn't even think about that <laughs> yes. until the other day when I told a friend I was doing it and she was like, why don't you just lie? Just say on yeah. the podcast or say to Molly and Holly when they come on and ask us about it. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. absolutely <laughs> loving Via Life cheese at the moment or whatever and then just crack into camembert yeah, afterwards gosh. and i had a little moment <laughs> where to... i went oh i could and then i was like no i can't i can't i can't i won't oh no and also <laughs> question that friend <laughs> don't trust them with any secrets <laughs> yeah i think i thought she's vegetarian but maybe she's secretly been scoffing the scotch eggs behind my back she might be like the mum on gavin and stacy who's not really vegetarian oh, yeah. at all oh, yeah. you're eating ham pam <laughs> well let us know how you get on i'd be intrigued to hear and please send me some pictures of your domino's pizza oh we so will we (laughs) We will will. we will and the shroom dogs and whatever oh the the corn nuggets firm friend of a corn corn nugget you need need some totness totness is like capital of veganism and you can literally find anything uh, really 
Oh, Totnes is amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mm. very alternative, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's. I went to the fish and chip shop the other day. There you go. See, and um, and I, I think it's the first place I've ever been in a fish and chip queue where people are just very frequently ordering like bean fritters and all those pea type. I don't even know what half of it was, but I just thought <laughs> I love Totnes. It's brilliant. To, oh, it's brilliant. A banana that. blossom. A banana blossom. Oh, fish yeah. and chip is yeah. a thing that I have tried that was insane. Was it? Yeah. What? What, what is? I have no idea. Yes, it's a flower from a banana tree or something. Wr podcast at anthem.co.uk. Please do let us know if you actually know what banana blossom <laughs> is. Um, but um, yeah, it it's sort of deep fried and for, it must be marinated in like brine, seaweed, and or something, and yeah. seaweed, something mm. that makes it taste oh. fishy because it tastes quite fishy. And then they deep fry it in batter, and it it's quite similar to a fish and chips. They sell it. I mean, mm. I don't think I'm going to be. I, like I said, I do really enjoy cooking, but I, I highly doubt I'm going to be asked to be deep frying my own <laughs> banana blossom. But <laughs> oh, um, God. they do tins of banana blossom in Sainsbury's. Really, they do no. now. I've noticed. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go, Esther. There's your veganuary sorted. Oh, man. Blossom in, in water or brine oh, it's for just, a treat. It's kind of, for me, that's, that's <laughs> it's up there with jackfruit. As, oh. <laughs> oh, yes. That's, I mean, of course, they're, they're going to be same aisle, aren't they? Yeah, same oh, aisle. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. Same aisle. No, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I might enjoy the lentils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you're, you're going to have to wish us luck and we we will report back. But um, but meanwhile, yes, thank do. you so much for talking to us about all of this. It's been you absolutely very brilliant. It's a pleasure. No, yes, it's been it's really always nice to chat to you guys. Oh, it's wonderful. We're going to have Aww. to get you back on when we've yeah, failed all of our yeah, New Year's resolutions. I'd very, like, yeah, very much like to catch up and see how you've been getting on with it all. Nice. Oh, so maybe we'll so do much. a little catch up post veganuary and we'll let you know either if we're feeling like sort of um Adonises or if <laughs> our bones are crumbling and we really need <laughs> <Yes>. your help. <laughs> either way, I'm happy to help and hear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon, and you'll receive a special patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly, free access to our monthly live chats, and you can listen ad-free too. And if you join our cheer squad tier for just £6 a month, there are bonus podcasts to be had. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.